We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is this is this is this is this is Heat Heat Beat 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 with Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Nava. With you today is Key Twitter President Alf and a crossover uh, podcast episode from probably the second most popular uh, Heat podcast on, on iTunes. So we're welcoming in Locked on Heat. We have Wes Goldberg. We have David Ramil. So we, we have some, some new voices um, and we're doing a little bit of crossover episode. So, you know, it'll be a little different for you guys. So I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to a special edition episode of the very two be- the two very best Miami Heat podcasts around. It's a crossover episode. Locked on Heat meets the Miami Heat beat. The two best podcasts that have ever existed on the Miami Heat. I don't know how many Heat podcasts there are, but we're the two best. Um, so let's just do a quick round of introductions. I'm the host of uh, Locked on Heat, Wes Goldberg, co-host of Locked on Heat. Um, with me as always is David Ramil, and then we have the Miami Heat beat guys too. If you well, guys, I, yeah, I'm I'm Jacarlo Navas. I'm the managing editor, uh, editor, co-founder, and podcast host, and I'm here with the Twitter president, Alf. Alf. My name is Alf, aka Alf nine five four, aka the Heat Twitter president. Like I said, it's nothing to brag about. It's embarrassing. Yes. It's not something you tell people in real life. Yes, book. Also, I'm the main guest booker for the Miami Heat Beat podcast, podcaster, and sometimes columnist. Good. Now, how did the, the the Heat Twitter president come about? Was that self-appointed or were no, you no. elected? He was elected. Do you, do you not know the story? 
No, this was, no. Uh, this you know, this reminds me, actually, you know, not to interrupt you, but this reminds me of when we had Eric Reed on our podcast a, a few weeks ago <laughs> and we asked him to explain the nature of Kaboom. And he's like, you guys haven't heard it. I've told it on air a number of times. And Wes and I were like, no, I, I yeah, haven't he heard stole it. it. He stole it from another broadcaster. You guys, okay, so well. you guys have heard that on air? Yeah. yeah. What the like hell? Three times. Yeah. He, Damn. He so it just means that Dave and I have to pay more attention. <laughs> We had him on in the infancy of Heatbeat, and he told the story there. Uh, oh, okay. And, and the Kabosh story. I don't remember how Kabosh came about, but he told that story, too. Well, I imagine it was a play on words on Kaboom. I imagine that he's in front of the mirror practicing these things before games, like in the hotel. Ooh. Like a true pro. Well, yeah. the, heat, the Heat Twitter presidency came from the Ethan Skolnick afternoon radio show. Okay. He decided to hold a an election for the Heat Twitter president and when Spoon quit. Yeah, when Spoon left Twitter, we needed a new president, which I think Spoon's presidency was uh was very controversial. <laughs> so when they needed a new president, they had a an election. I called in and I gave a stump speech about how we shouldn't have a president because Heat Twitter is a bunch of savages <laughs> and through that, I won the online poll as Heat Twitter president, and now I won't let it go. <laughs> no, of course, well, you shouldn't. They've tried to impeach you, and you won't go. Twice. And Ethan keeps having you on to just badmouth your presidency. Yeah, they badmouth me, then I come on, what, and I, I defend myself. And I What do you, what do you have to do to get impeached there? That seems like impossible, but what is it that you have to do to get impeached? Have you seen what's happened over the last <laughs> I mean, year? It's been a disaster. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've, listen, I'm as far removed from Heat Twitter as possible for a Heat fan and somebody who, who you know co-hosts a Heat podcast, which is bizarre, but yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. You're I have been the Heat Twitter president for the worst year of in the history of the Miami Heat franchise. Oh, oh, so you're responsible indirectly for what's happening. Yes, well, as responsible as a president is of like normal things, right? Like <laughs> exactly. If it happens so under guess, your watch, then you're you know the buck yes, stops. Yes, it's like when you. the economy goes bad. Well, you know, even though it's cyclical, it's my fault. So <laughs> you're right. But it you doesn't matter. Be impeached. You've done a horrible job. <laughs> I really have, but I <laughs> promised this at the beginning of my presidency. I said I was bringing anarchy and chaos to the Miami Heat, and. I'm pretty sure if you Damn look at it, roster, that's what you got. That is anarchy and chaos. Follow through, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of anarchy and chaos, let's start right there with Hassan Whiteside. Um, <laughs> you good segue. Seamless segue. <laughs> Doing my best here, guys. Um, so, once upon a time, Hassan Whiteside uh, speared Alex Len. And while I think we all enjoyed that thoroughly, we all understood the underlying issue with that, that your starting center probably shouldn't be spearing the other team's <laughs> <laughs> starting center and um just a few months later he got a 98 million dollar contract how are we feeling about a, a, that a few months later he elbowed boban in the face <laughs> right that was that was the turning point right it was that suspension that led to him being turned around somehow i don't know or he was coming off the bench simultaneously i guess Listen, that's what it was we never gave hassan enough credit for going up against that leviathan <laughs> I mean, sure. Whatever that thing is, Hassan wasn't scared of it. Almost He's one of the few men on earth that can elbow him. <laughs> almost taking off his jaw was what somehow led to him setting better screens after he learned from Amari Stoudemire. So I'm all for it. The screen setting thing was weird because it's like it's always the lamest thing that we compliment the player for. Yeah. It's like that, that's a backhanded compliment. Udonis Haslam sets great screens. And then, <laughs> no, it's not a backhanded it's a, dude, well, it's a, screen, no. dude, screen setting is important. I, like, absolutely. It's not, it's not even that screen setting is so important. Not being able to set a good screen 
is like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's the fact that you can't set a good screen is more important than being able to set a good screen. Well, I, I see what you, you're saying, though. It's it's like, where does that come down on the list? Like, how far do you have to go down the list until you're like, oh, I'm, wait, that's what he does well. Well, like, well I'll, I'll talk. We're, we're, not, we're not saying Blake Griffin's a good screen setter, you know, which it's like, no, it's like a point guard who can't dribble with his left hand, a center who can't set. A good screen is like, okay, yeah, setting a good screen is not a big deal, but when you can't set one as a center, it's a huge deal. So if you you can't dribble with your left hand as a point guard, that's a huge deal. It's the same kind of thing. I'll go one further. I'll always remember when Pat Riley said of P.J. Brown, perhaps the ultimate backhanded compliment, he's the best weak side help defender in the league. It's like how narrow how narrow a description do you have to get in order to find that for P.J. Brown? Not not a good individual defender, not, you know, not a one-on-one defender, just a weak side help defender. That's a very specific niche, and P.J. Brown does it better than anybody else. Let me say something. Low-key, Dwayne Wade is the best weak side Guard defender ever. ever. In his prime, he was very good. I mean, do, they use they use. I mean, is. do you remember? It was most pertinent in like 2009. They'd use him as a as a shot blocker, weak side. Like they had him play what a center would do to come and contest shots at the rim, like a dribble penetration, because he would be out on the wing and they'd have him come in. Like that was amazing what he used to do. Well, even in the 2012 series against the, um, well, I'm sorry, the 2013 series against the Spurs, his help defense was incredible. I mean, that was. Everybody was incredible in that series, but Wade's health defense was amazing. But we're not supposed to talk about him anymore, right? You're right. Well, yeah, happened? I don't even know who you guys are talking about, to be honest. Dwayne. Let's just let's go around the table here and just if you're gonna pick the one young guy, whether or not it could be anybody on the roster that's like, let's just say not Goran Dragic or Udonis Haslam, the one young guy on the roster that you're most excited about. Let's just start with David. Josh Richardson. I mean, despite the injury and everything else, I think he just represents the best combination of skills defensively and offensively. I like his – I think he's got uh, – well, maybe not as high a ceiling as Justice Winslow if he can tie it all together. But, I mean, he's not hes not that short of where Justice Winslow falls. And right now he's further developed offensively than Winslow is. And I'm not sure if that has to do with his you know greater experience at college, you know, being a four-year player or whatever. But what we saw from him last year as a shooter and, and his capacity as a ball handler, I think he's just much more developed than Winslow will be in the near future. He also recently renounced his throne as Prince of Zamunda. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the Twitter feed tonight, he, yeah. He tweeted this about an hour ago. <laughs> what did what the what? <laughs> Zimunda well, he's, the, he's on something good at Bahama, in the Bahamas, I guess, you know, either that or he's in his hotel room watching Coming to America. <laughs> that's, great, the, that's a great film. It says a lot about the young man. That's the African really country does. that Eddie Murphy is is prince of, right? In that did I, fictional. Did I just did I just show yes. did I just show my ethnicity right now? Wait, 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 wait. You did not know what that reference was from? No, I've never seen that movie. Yeah, I quit. He, oh, he, wow. I know. <laughs> That's a that's a must, Eddie Murphy. How many what Eddie Murphy movies have you seen then? You that's don't want to know. Doctor Doolittle, like Haunted Mansion, Shrek. Oh, you disgust me. <laughs> no, but I I just my thing with films is that I don't like films because as a medium, they tell poor character stories, and I like character driven stories, and I think film is the worst medium for that. You just got Gianni on the w- nerdiest tangent of all time. Just that's my hot on. take about movies. No, before he it's starts talking. I didn't say anything. You're about to start talking about anime. I didn't anime. say Let's anything. Move on. Uh, I, I was going to say it. Wes had I've a good seen question. That. I, 
Just talk about Hassan Whiteside, what a flawed character he is, or what's the best movie that you could see Hassan Whiteside being in? <laughs> Wouldn't Whiteside make those Shaq movies better? Yes. Oh, like not, 100%. Not even no. instead of Shaq, but just in addition to Shaq. Like that no, instead of Shaq. Instead of Shaq. Instead of Shaq. Instead of Shaq. No, there's no no way. No way. Hassan Whiteside? No way. I mean, because come on. The Hassan thing is Hassan has no self-awareness, but he's funny because we're laughing at him. Shaq thinks he's funny, but he's not. Here's my my white side thing is everybody always asks, like, how did he get so good? Or like, how can he just shoot free throws all of a sudden after he didn't know how? And they're like, you ought to learn how to do that. And he's like, oh, word, okay." And then he just learns how to do it better. It's I can't remember which comedian it was, but he always says, you know how dumb people are always really good at sex? It's that thing with Whiteside. It's just like he's he just he can't possibly overthink the game. And I think that's his greatest strength. Well, it, speaking of that, uh, his comments uh, in tr- uh, over there in the Bahamas talking about how he's going to show us what a great passer mm-hmm. he is <laughs> excite the hell out of me. Because every time he's told us that he's going to do something, he better, does it. He does it. Yes. So it, this is going to be like Wilt when he led the league in assists one year. Like <laughs> I said, that's going to be insane. Yeah. He's he's at the McBob's passing camp. Yeah. yeah David see, made that reference. I also worry about that because we actually need him to score. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a bounce pass if, instead of dunk. Yeah. I'm t- I I I, also, I don't want him behind the back passing <laughs> out of the post when he has a, when he has a clear lane to the basket. But I mean, if he's going to become a better passer, I mean, I was notorious for taking screenshots of him taking on a triple team while Josh Richardson or somebody standing in the corner for an open three. Kobe. But if he does become a better passer, man, that opens up a lot for the Heat this year. Well, I mean, he said it, right, that it, most of the time he was put in a position to just finish off of the dunk being a rim runner and everything else, and you figure they're just going to run more of the offense through him, which kind of is – antithetical to what Spolstra talked about of being a, a more fast-paced, up-tempo style of play. That doesn't... They, they wouldn't necessarily go through Whiteside if that's the style right. of play. So you can't have it both ways. So I'm I'm doubly confused. I mean, I know he's capable of being a passer even though we really haven't seen much evidence of it. But well, I, I'm, I'm... Go ahead. You can, you can play fast in a half-court set with even giving Hassan touches in the post as long as he makes quick decisions with the ball. That, I yeah. mean, I think that's... I think that that's what hopefully that's what they're trying to impress upon him, because if he is trying to become a better passer, if he is if if he will be the focal point on offense, the main thing is he has to make quicker, better decisions with the ball. And if that happens, they can still play fast because no matter how fast you play, eventually you do have to play a half court game at sure. some point of the game. And if if you have a monster like Hassan in the middle who you can feed the ball into, who can score or make really good decisions with the ball, then, I mean, it all works out. But if he becomes a black hole like he was last year, then, you know, you slow the game down and you kind of, you become inefficient. I wonder if by playing through Whiteside, it almost means like he's kind of the centerpiece of the offense and that he's got the gravity that commands double teams and stuff. So maybe even if he doesn't have the ball, the offense is still just kind of built around him in like almost a four out kind of way. I, I wonder if, if that was more what that comment meant, but who knows? I don't know if they're going to necessarily play through him. I just I think this team's going to be super pick and roll intensive and it's going to be spread pick and roll with Goran and Hassan and, and a bunch of shooters weak side and that's going to be the focal of the offense it's going to be steady dosage of Hassan Gore and pick and rolls and guys weak side I don't I don't see them posting him up a lot 
<laughs> so you bring up you bring up Dragic there, and I'm curious to, to hear your take on it because I know that both Wes and I we're we're still pretty high on him. Although I know a, a majority of Heat fans might be a little down on him, or they don't necessarily expect him to take that next step as a star player. Do you guys see him as being still able to to lead this team and, and be a major contributor and, and produce at a high level? He'll be as good as his shooters. Simple. If he has space, he'll be good. If he doesn't, he'll he'll be what he has been. Uh, I imagine that because there's no Dwayne and he doesn't have to, you know, I mean, Dwayne was a non-factor from from out there, so it was easy to help off of him. But I mean, he's gonna have more guys that are cutting and that are spreading the floor. So I imagine he'll be better. But I mean, who on this team really shoots threes well, other than Luke Jay Babbitt Rich and Luke Babbitt? Uh, you trusting Luke Babbitt? Babbitt the Rabbit. <laughs> Babbitt better not make this damn team. I want Babbitt. Dude, you're, we're missing out if Babbitt's not making the team. No, listen. I, if I Babbitt's agree. on the team, that means we lose Briante. And listen. I, listen, we have to cut Tyler Johnson. You don't see it. Okay. Get, uh, go oh, get over man. yourself with that. That's nonsense. It's so. We're not. I see Dragic. I think his. I think his his numbers this year are going to be amazing. Um, I think without Dwayne Wade and him being the, he's really the main, uh, our main offensive threat. Um, at with him and Whiteside, I think his numbers this year are going to be great. I think if the Heat don't come to the trade deadline in the top four in the East, I think they're going to use his numbers, his productions as a way to trade him, uh, to get some pieces back, to get some assets back, whatever they, whatever they use. It for I don't if if we don't go into the trade deadline as a top four team in the East, which I don't see happening. I don't see Dragic finishing the year with the Heat, and that is about, my super hot take. What about this that hypothetical is. trade? I thought about this earlier. Goran Dragic for Nerlens Noel. No, no. Restricted free agent at the end of the season. No, God no, no. But what what need that. does that fit? Why do you need another big? They, they can't play two bigs. We've we've gone through this already. Yep. It, it's just I, I I ultimately am against it. I just wanted to throw it out there. I I love Nerlens Noel. I think he's great, but I, I just yeah, not the best best rim protecting tandem in the NBA. Ugh. No, they yeah, already but, got that in Orlando, and they can't score for it. They'll be playing in a vacuum. I mean, like right. I agree. Just wanted to throw that. They'll out be there. playing in a phone booth. But I, I, if I if either if I see Dragic uh, being traded, it's either going to be for assets, picks, or it's going to be for. A stretch four, a wing player, um, and then they're going to hope that TJ, uh, Waiters, um, Jay Rich, all these guys can assume the point guard position, which I think I don't think they can. But I think it will be basically giving up on the season almost if uh, if by the trade deadline, this team is not performing. I don't even I can't even say the expectations. I would say above expectations. I just don't see where Dragic fits into the whole picture of what they're trying to do right now. Going young, um, Dragic is not necessarily a building block if, you, if in, in that aspect. I don't think but, I mean long-term are, solution, but I think he's a guy that's going to help guys get better, right? So Yeah, if, but if he has a great year this year, he's not if he's not a long-term solution and he has a great first half to the year and he his trade value is through the roof, that's when you let him go, right? 
No, that, so you, that's, that's fair. Do you really think they're trying to just go young, though? I mean, I, I know that they have young players now, but I think they would have been I think Riley would have been just as happy to be older if he had you know acquired some, you know, if he had re-signed Wade and, and kept if Bosch had been healthy and if he hadn't managed to somehow lure Duran or somebody else. I mean, I, well, I, I think I, the team's only as young as they currently are right now by default, but not by no, choice. I think I, as soon as they lost out on Durant, the whole thing was go young. Look at the average age of this team. Like outside of Benno, Dragic. But who else was and, available? I mean, they, they, the plan in the past has been bring in older free agents who are hungry who haven't gotten a title. Dude, there are older guys. I mean, there's the uh, – I would have to look at the free agent list, but there are older uh, journeymen who are out there. Karan Butler, guys like that, they are out well, there, and the yeah. Heat chose not to go that path. They went guys 25 and younger. Because like, they're on expiring deals, though. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, but, like, ideologically, I, mean, I don't think they're building this team up to be a young team that's going to build slowly for contention in three or four seasons. No, I think, I think they ha- I think they have their main young core. Um, sure. TJ, Jay Rich, Hassan. I think they want Willie Reed long term. I would if I was them. Briante. Some of these guys I feel like they want to grow with. I think they hope they can get something out of Dion Waiters. But I really do think the whole after the Kevin Durant, uh, that that whole thing never materialized. I think the whole focus was for them to go young, athletic, uh, you know, but if they can get Blake Griffin, That's, if they can get Blake Griffin next season, they'll do okay, it. Okay, we talked about this the last time Alf and I did the show. They get Blake Griffin and what? That doesn't make them any sort of contender. Good. I mean, Blake's yeah, but that's now not with, how Riley thinks, though. Like, I don't if if I mean, Dragic I think is playing really well and they're able to trade him. It depends on what. Like, we can't they're just say they're going to trade him. They're, but, not, they're not. They're not going to flip him for Blake Griffin, and it's what. No, no, but they're not going to be able to get Blake Griffin if Dragic isn't here necessarily. West. Who in the league right now, outside of Durant, Curry, and LeBron, is great enough that you're going to be a legitimate contender? Well, it's irrelevant because well, I mean, Riley doesn't think that way. No, but I'm asking. Who is? No, Those but it's, I mean, that's a moot point anyway because, you know, second to Golden State, I mean, there isn't a real legitimate title contender. I mean, even, even Cleveland, right? So, And I think Alpha's made the point that it doesn't take much to get to two or three in the East at this point. But what I'm saying is that there's not there are no guys left in the league that will – turn the franchise around but the combination let's say let's say waiters you know keeps his option year and stays at the two guard along with josh Richardson, dragic who you know stays with the team winslow at the three griffin at the four if they can sign him as a free agent at Whiteside, clippers you don't think that's better, the best team in the east the clippers had a better team than that and they can't get out of the second round how did they have a better team than that because they have because chris paul it is it is Peak was powers and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. With they also had his. I mean, okay, so wash, it's a wash oh, between wait, Jordan th- and. Didn't Whiteside. the Clippers have a, a, the best offense in the league for most of the season? If not finish that way, I mean, they had the number one offense in the league. That team is better than anything Miami will throw out there. I don't know what you're expecting out of Justice. Well, all, but the Eric Spolstra over Doc Rivers thing is real. Eric Spolstra is a better coach right now than Doc Rivers. I mean, and but, I think that, but in this whole, like, we're not the ones making the decisions. And if we're going to talk about what's actually realistically going to happen, Riley is going to go into next summer trying to get Blake Griffin. He's not going to care about does getting Blake Griffin make us real contenders. I think Riley does want to just go in like, I won't play Griffin, and I, whatever happens after happens. I legitimately don't think they're going to go after another big. It doesn't. I mean, it, why? Bosh is they, they have an they have an opening, but they've, they've seen it not work. Yeah, but the thing is, I think if they go after Blake Griffin, it doesn't necessarily take away from the youth movement because Blake, you repl- you're basically replacing Bosh with Blake Griffin, so you're still getting younger. And how did that work out when they were playing together? 
with Bosch and Whiteside. I th- I think you look too much at the beginning of last year. They were making it work towards the end. They, no, but the toward, problem is at the end they were about breaking but, even and net rating. The problem is, I mean, Bosch is a better three point shooter. I mean, far better. Bosch is a much better fit for Hassan than, than Blake Griffin is. Yeah. But, I mean, if they can make it work with Blake Griffin and um, DeAndre Jordan. And here's the thing. Like, Blake Griffin doesn't put you over the top. But what I'm saying is I don't see where Dragic if – if you bring in Blake Griffin – and I love I love Dragic. I want him to stay on this team. I just don't see where long term he's the fit. So that's why I think I don't see him making it past the trade deadline. I don't see how I, I unless the Heat come out and just shock everybody, and you go to the All Star break and they're second in the NBA in the, in the East. I just don't see where keeping Dragic because Dragic has a very attractive contract. And if he's playing the way he should play without Dwayne Wade on the court, he will be a very attractive trade piece. And I don't see them passing up that chance to rid themselves of the contract and to rid themselves of a player of his age. I don't know, man. I don't I don't see Riley making phone calls to actively shop a player. It's just not in his track record. I don't disagree. If I was the GM, that's probably what I would do. And I agree with that's that. Not a, that's not in his track record? To no, yeah. trade a guy who's playing really well and just shop him around for draft picks? That is not, not draft, well, No, mean, no, but Alf's not saying for draft picks. Alf's, tra- Alf's saying for another star. But for another well, star. He, like he, he did say for assets, too. But I mean, for assets, or the thing is, I think the Heat are kind of pivoting. And I've been watching a lot of CNN, so I'm using that word pivot. <laughs> oh, good. Um, good. The, the Heat are pivoting on. So, I think they see the landscape, man. Right now, the landscape is you ain't winning nothing. For a few years. Right. You really aren't. There's nobody you can bring in right now. And you even look at some of the great young players, Anthony Davis, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. You could bring them in today. It still doesn't make you a title contender. So I think they're looking at I, I would think that they're looking at it. I really think that Andy Ellisberg and, and Spo are having more of an impact on how the Heat run their business these days. And I think you see it with the way they they played hardball with Wade and they were ready to let go of an aging superstar. I, I don't think that was a Spo. I think that was a Riley thing. I don't think that was. Yeah. I don't I, think that was a Riley thing either. I just. I no, think no, 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 no. I don't think that was a Spo thing. I think that was exclusively a Riley thing. No, I think that's the the mentality of the franchise is changing to where they see the landscape. And without Kevin Durant, there is what are you going to do? So I think I think I think I think we need to there's no way we could possibly know what Riley and Spolster are thinking. I think it's clear that this team is has a young core, whether or not they like it or not. And whatever happens with this team going forward is going to be based on what got these young guys like Winslow and Richardson and Johnson and Whiteside do, right? Um, so let's just keep talking about those guys. And by, like, and we're expecting these sort of – and expecting is a big thing. People are expecting these strides from Winslow and Richardson uh, that might not come. Hmm. Winslow might just be a pretty good piece, not a star. And Jay Rich might just be that, a pretty good piece. Now they, they could go the other way. Maybe, you know, maybe Justice develops into Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or something. I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it could very easily go the other way. If, so we've seen it happen time and time sure. again. Sure. Well, let's let's go with that then. 
Michael Beasley, clear example. They thought he was going to be really good, and he turned out not to be good. He's yeah, very, but he was always a knucklehead, though, yeah? I mean, but his numbers the first year were, I mean. Well, I mean, I, who, somebody had to produce on that team. Who else was it going to be? I mean, be he, he, was, he was a legitimate good I think from good, everything like, that we're hearing, though, about Justice Winslow's mentality, and a lot of it, I think, is a little, you know, it's a little bit of where, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think some of it is, you know, fluff pieces and stuff like the coach is really just kind of blowing smoke. But I think there is something there for sure. Um, if he well, can't I be mean, Kawhi Leonard, though, what is he like percentage wise? Like best case scenario, like or where would you even think that he is? Like I, I've always said if he's 80 percent of Kawhi Leonard or even 70 percent of Kawhi Leonard, the Heat have basically an all star. That's a huge if. You don't think he could be that good? You sound low on Winslow. I, I, not that I don't think he could be that good, but it's probably unlikely that he'll be that good. I mean, of course he can be that good, but I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be different than what what you know Kawhi is in San Antonio. You're asking, you're asking for a lot out of him. Like Kawhi's, if you're not if you're not LeBron, Gianni thinks you suck. No, so. I'm not saying. I I just said Justice is. I think Justice is what he's going to end up being is a pretty good player that's gonna make some money in this league because he can defend. He's really smart. He cuts well, and I'm sure the jump shot's going to improve. It can't not improve. I mean, He's, well, they hired a shooting coach for the first time in franchise history. That's it's a huge step, right? I mean, um, I think part of it for for Wes and I is that you know we were in summer league, and and Jawan Howard told us that that Winslow they see him as a facilitator on offense, and that he didn't get the opportunity to to have the ball in his hands a lot last season. Obviously, with Wade, everybody else on that roster, but that this year they're looking to do that more often. You guys see that as a possibility for him because I think that's when we see his potential. And Though we might be over projecting what he's capable of doing it, at least part of it is based on, on, on you know Howard's comments and the role that the team sees him filling. I and this was after Wade had already elected to, to move on to Chicago. It was smack dab in the middle of, of summer league. And so they were already looking forward to what the next step in Winslow's development was. I think it's I think where where you're going to see that from justice in terms of playmaking is going to be when guys start helping off of him when he's in that mid range three point area. Right. Uh, he, he's going to have to make some quick decisions. So they're going to swing the ball to him. He's going to take a couple of dribbles and make a choice. And that's where you're going to see that happen. It's not going to be high pick and roll stuff. It's going to be they're going to go to him because teams are going to force you to go to him and he's going to have to make some choices and we're going to i don't i don't necessarily agree with that yeah i disagree Um, as well i think what's going to happen is once Dragic sits down there's going to be a point guard by committee thing happening that'll i I completely agree and i think winslow i think whoever gets the rebound is going to push that ball up and i think a lot of times that's going to be justice winslow and i think he's going to have a lot of opportunities in high pick and roll and in in you know uh getting the ball at the elbow and making decisions i think he's going to have um he's going to have the opportunity what he does with it as a second year player i'm not completely convinced that he's going to prove the entire world that he is a superstar in the making and i love justice i think he's he's going to be a solid piece for a contending team for the rest of his career but i don't know if second year you put the ball in his hands is he going to dazzle everybody with his playmaking ability i'm not i'm not there yet on justice i know a lot of people are there i'm not there yet because i i saw him with the ball in his hands last year he made a lot of good decisions he also made a lot of bad decisions as well so we'll see what happens this year i think from well, when I watched him at Duke when he was in college, I thought he did a lot of cool stuff with Jalil Okafor as far as getting 
Okafor the ball under the rim. I think he has a really good touch on his passes. He's got a really, really quick first step. I think, I think, I agree. I think once Dragic goes down, it's going to be a lot of Winslow being the primary ball handler. I think when he's in the starting lineup, he's going to be a secondary ball handler. I th- and, and David talked about this before. This team could really resemble almost what the Celtics are doing, where not there's maybe not one ball handler. Like Isaiah Thomas is obviously their lead guard, but there's not just like one dude that facilitates everybody. I think that it's going to be a lot of just ball movement style. That's what this team is going to have to do. It's going to have to find shots. I mean, bet- between Wade, Bosch, Dang, and Joe Johnson all gone, that's more than 40 shots per game that need to be See, redistributed. It, it, I think... I think that's going to be difficult to do when you have guys like Hassan and Waiters. So if you're really counting on ball movement, I think what didn't Waiters have some of the worst passing metrics in the sport? Like he would not give rid of the ball, and Hassan was up nah, there as well. Those were those were Cleveland numbers, and and I think that was also the expectations of being the fourth pick and having uh, what's his name, Mike? Uh, what's the guy? Mike, Mike Brown. Yeah, Mike Brown. As that's how he ran his like offense. That. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I think you can toss that out because I mean, I, I used to cover the Thunder. I saw him, and, and he used to he was a lot better and, and fitting in. Obviously, he had to. You know, it's Westbrook's team. It's Durant's team. He had to. He had a very you know, tertiary role at best, and so he was more pass happy than you know. I, I think he's going to surprise people. Dion's a real good on ball defender, and we're high on him here. We love him. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to disappoint him. I mean, I haven't watched him as much as you because you cover the Thunder, but I, passing was a concern, and just you know, general ball sticking and Hassan stuff. You know what I mean? Like that. I hate him. By the way, yeah. so. I mean, we, we look. You know, <laughs> well, we're wait, also you hate him. And you get mad at me when I hate Tyler Johnson? No, I don't. Okay, I don't hate Deion Waiters. And like I said in my thoroughly, um, thoroughly uh, uh, studied and reviewed, researched um, training camp preview, I just don't want Deion Waiters to start any crap. All right, none of that standing around the three point line, begging for the ball, jumping up and down, clapping his hands. Like I just don't want any of that crap. Like I like Deion Waiters. No, I don't. I mean, some lines. He started I don't to come like off that in the playoffs last year. We saw some real. I don't know if it's small sample size or what, but I also I'm under the the school of thought that by Waiters saying he wanted to play for the Heat, right? And that was the quote that he says, like, I gave up money yeah. so that I could be with the Heat. Right. Whether or not that's just him spinning it or what, he's, I think that is at least a sign that he's like, okay, I, I'm between what happened late in the season with the Thunder last year and his motivations reportedly to join the Heat, I like where his mindset is. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's spin. I really do. I don't no know. Way. No way. I don't think I don't think he had a lot of offers. I think Dion Waiters has a stigma attached to him, and I I, I don't know if, I don't you know I don't have any uh, insiders and I don't have any inside information, but I just don't feel <coughs> there were a lot of teams scrambling for Dion Waiters. I kind of agree. no. I mean, he just he just fits a very specific need, and and by the time the 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 fury the fire had died down a little bit in free agency. You weren't going to shell out a whole lot of money for a guy that you weren't sure was going to fit into your roster. But did he fit a need here? That's the that's the thing that, as a like, playmaker, score especially in the wake of, of yeah, exactly, and especially in the in the wake of, of Wade's departure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, but, no, but how, well, wait. See, that's what I don't get. If we gave TJ all that money and we're so high on Josh, and that okay, but so you so you compound a mistake with another mistake. If, but it's on a short term deal. And you don't know that Wait Tyler Johnson. Did they just agree that the TJ contract was a mistake? They think yeah. it's a mistake. I have allies. 
guys. I don't think. Well, it's I mean, mistake. doesn't everyone think that? No. no, I get yelled at on Twitter because I think it was the dumbest thing in the world to I don't give think it that. Was. I don't huh? think it was. Okay, Here's maybe it wasn't the dumbest it... thing in the world, but the guy's the guy's six three, weighs a buck fifty. He's gonna get you know blown over. If Lance Stevenson had blown in his ear, he would have had concussion like. But nobody's gonna want that contract. And by the way, that guy's probably gonna get hurt all the time. What Absolutely. makes it a bad What makes it a bad deal is that you go ahead and sign Dion Waiters. No, it's so, it a bad deal. No, no. Why, why are you Why are you signing Dion Waiters? So now you have to choose between Babbitt and Briante. If you felt so strongly about Tyler Johnson as a starting two guard that you gave him that much money, why are you signing Dion Waiters? And that's my whole thing. So now we have a logjam at guard, and now we're going to have to give up on a guy like Briante. They have no and, and, and okay. a guy they're, not high, they're not high on Briante. Again, we saw that. We saw that in summer league they they they're not confident in his ability to take that next step he needs a lot of work he needs work in summer that. league he needs it what the yeah, best in case, summer league he wasn't able to keep pace with everybody defensively he was, he was but off. offensively he was and a he, step back he needs, of everybody he in the Vegas what, what league, Deontay needs the, right now is not to be sitting on the bench as the 14th or 15th guy on the heat he needs to right. be in the d league with the sioux falls sky force continuing to figure out how to pace his game and to get yeah, but do you think do you think he's going to last there or is it going to be another patrick beverly situation that's the risk you take but it's ultimately we're talking about wait you think johnson worth that risk but no but yes. I, my thing is Here's if the you thing, took okay, the risk talk. on tyler johnson Here's why are you, you taking the, why are you taking the risk on Dion waiters here's the reason you signed tyler johnson this is a team that doesn't have a lot of first round picks going to the future right you traded two future firsts for goran dragic you discover somebody and like tyler johnson who has real value in this league a, a player who the brooklyn nets as desperate as they are but an nba team was willing to give 50 million dollars two over four years that is an asset and you cannot let him walk from asset to who the brooklyn nets That's there are teams out here confident team in the league there are teams yeah, but that are in going two years to, there in are two years that, don't you think there'll be another team that's incompetent and willing to make a trade with her and here's the thing you can't that you're gonna you have that guy's like ne- that. that guy's not gonna start you can't think like that because overall he's a young player who has a lot of potential and and David and I have been talking to quite a few people, and there are a lot of people that are really high on Tyler Johnson. They've always been high on Tyler Johnson, but they're, you know, well, no, he's that's not true. We went undrafted, but that's the, the thing. You can't just let him walk. You can't let him walk for nothing when you're a team you, that just lost Dwayne Wade that needs to keep as many assets in house as possible. You have to sign Tyler Johnson. Yes. And but wait, why can't spikes why can't next you year, let him walk? That, if that, you be- go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. If you believe in Dion Waiters, why can't you just let him walk for nothing? That's the thing I don't get. Right, like you, you, you. I, I because I do Dion Waiters wasn't you- available when they signed Tyler Johnson. Dion Waiters was a restricted free agent for a majority of the summer. And I understand that. So then, why sign? Then why sign Dion Waiters later? Because I guess not, one year deal not worth nothing. For, you, know? you don't need Briante Weber on the roster. You need him in the sky for it. After summer league, the Heat knew that. The Heat knew that they they needed to go sign Benno. They needed the, Briante more seasoning in the D League. And you need a guy. We tend to look at Deion Waiters as this ball hog or duplicate. He can create his shot better than any other guard on the roster outside of Goran Dragic. Oh, I, I completely agree with that. But the thing with the Tyler contract is you're going to have that awful backloaded contract. Sure. And he's Tyler Johnson. It's the risk he's, you take. No, it's not a risk because there's no way that he lives up to that contract. That was the money they were going to give Dwayne that they refused to give him. 
No. And now, now no, that's you, not. It does seem no, that's okay, wrong. That's fine. Whatever. But you're still paying him a, a boatload of money to be a guy that's probably not going to start. And if he's he, not going to start, he's not gonna start. Start. that's not his role. He's a three guard. No, he's, a, he's a better six man. He's a better he's, six man player. Okay, but so you don't give paying, a fifth. You're paying you don't that give a much fifth. money for an undersized. Six man? Would you have given okay, let's go back. Would you have given Jamal Crawford at twenty four years old that, that kind of contract? There's no, no way that's a ridiculous t- comparison though. It right? is that is that's his best case scenario though. The, 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 on the high, high, high end. He's yeah, that's a Jamal super Crawford. high. That's a super like, high. Come yeah. on, dude. That's not what he's gonna be, and we know that. And I think if you ask them, would you take that back? I think yes. If listen, if you're doing what the Brooklyn Nets are doing, you're doing something wrong. You're not doing like, what the Brooklyn Nets are doing. They gave him the money that the Nets were going to give him. I think is, it's all it's all about keeping the asset in house. That's it. You can't let him asset walk away for what? I, Wes, I just don't think okay, the asset to move the tradable contract. You've I, seen well, it. How I many times in the NBA have you seen any Wes, contract I, I don't get think dealt? That's tradable. They can't get rid of McBob. McBob's different. You can't get on the court. Yeah, McBob's. But even when he was on the court, I mean, but TJ a lot of times can't get on the court either. And he's an undersized guy. He's going to get hurt a lot because he plays a really physical style of basketball. That guy's not going to get hurt. That guy's not injury prone. He plays a premier position. McRoberts does not. Premier position what? A guard. Point guard and, or and combo guard. McRoberts can play. McRoberts is, is, a, is a stretch four. No, That's, he's not. He's not a stretch four? No. He's not he's a not good three-point shooter. He's an okay three-point shooter. He's fine. And, 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 he's, and he's an above-average defender. But what's is, what's Tyler's position? Because if we're saying he's a he's not a point guard, no. he proved that last year. He doesn't have the natural instincts of a point guard. So they're running my point. If you saw in the video from the the Bahamas, they're running be, my point. We saw how that works. <laughs> yeah, he's going that to be a secondary rim? ball handler. He's going to be somebody that you could swing the ball to, who can make a play with it. I was looking at his stats last season. He was in is the eighty-eight like, percentile in isolation situations. That's pretty good. But that that's a small sample, though, Wes. In his in his third year, he will account for about a fifth of your salary cap and we're saying that right now he's not a starter it could look bad then but you can't let him go away for nothing you can't let him walk for nothing you can't but i my god it's not a big deal if he walks that's what i'm saying they played their best ball without him well, I mean, maybe it's something worth debating in, in year three or before they start at year three. At, at, the, at the next two years, knowing his limitations, his size, his injury prone nature, whatever you have, have you for the next two years at the current at the contract that he has. Is he still a good value? Isn't he? You'd agree on that much. Oh, yeah. Great okay. value. Now OK, so then we'll, we'll oh, look no, at what okay, happens. So in yeah, let's do a lightning round. I got a few questions that I wanted to ask all you guys. Um, okay. Let's start with Mr. President. Uh, what's the lineup you're looking forward to the most this season? The lineup that I'm looking forward to the most is what I think will be the starting lineup will be Goron at the point at point guard, of course. T uh, Jay Rich at shooting guard, Hassan Whiteside, Justice Winslow, and Derek Williams. I think that lineup is going to cause fits uh, when they run up and down the court. I think that lineup is going to be quick. I think the lineup is going to play great defense. I think they are going to be. I think they're. I think when you have Jay Rich and Justice out there, and if you can get Derek Derek Williams to buy in, he's long, um, he's quick for a, for a power forward. He can shoot sometimes. He can spread the floor. <laughs> I think that. I think that is. I think that's a lineup that's really will cause other team fits, especially with uh, Hassan there to, to protect the rim. Derek Williams is an above average three point shooter from the corners. Nope. Okay, Giancarlo, lineup three three guards, Winslow at the four, Hassan. Um, I don't. 
I don't think the Winslow at the four is going to go as well as a lot of people think, but I do really want to see it. And I think the best way to do that is with three guards because you really you maximize spacing. Uh, you kind of I mean, it, it's difficult because when you involve Hassan in the pick and roll, you have Winslow who you'll be able to help off of. But like I said, I think his playmaking ability is going to help and I think he's a good cutter. So we'll see. So uh, I'm going to go Winslow at the four with three guards and Hassan. Which three guards? <laughs> It kind of depends on who's playing well. I imagine Goron, Jay Rich, and Dion because you'll have okay. the you'll have the defense and the size. And you wanted shit. to say TJ so bad. No, I, you're no. so against him. No, you're so. No, it, it, it could, you it, know no. that the line that lineup is better with TJ. Than no, Dion. I, I think it's better with Dion because I think Dion's just a more capable defender, and I think it'll allow them, especially Jay Rich and Hassan, to trap on pick and rolls because you know I think TJ's a little undersized, and you know you could probably take him to the post. Uh, I think Dion's a little more sturdy as a, def- as a defender and Dion's a really good on ball defender so I think defensively is why I like that better with, with and you Dion. hate Tyler Johnson I don't hate Tyler Johnson I yes, just think you the do. contract it's is a, awful and you think it's a race issue I think it's a race issue I hate that guy I think if his, if his playmaking and his shooting pans out or improves just a little bit I'd like to see Winslow at the five with Derek Williams I like that yeah, with Williams at the four and then the Dion Richardson Dragic combination, I think that's the most potent offensively, and you don't really sacrifice too much defensively because both Richardson and and Waiters can guard forwards, bigger players, et cetera. So I think your only negative defender there would likely be Dragic, and he's not necessarily that bad. And I think there's room for improvement there as well. But I think that's the most potent quick lineup there. Okay, well that I, that was one of the lineups. I, I like the three guard unit with Winslow at the four, Whiteside at five, just to be. Th- different let's go with something crazy mcroberts at the five winslow at the four and then richardson waiters and tyler johnson at the one i'm a huge mcbobs fan i think that if he can get healthy i think he as a center has some has some potential on this roster as like this as a weird flex unit Center. I think that there's something there. I think that's what he showed in the last couple of games that he played in the Toronto series when he scored 10 points in each of those games. I think that maybe if he carries over that momentum, it could be interesting. With a broken foot, too. With a broken foot, apparently. Not. It wasn't like he was walking his dog, either. <laughs> um... All right, young player you're most excited for. We'll go. Uh, we'll we'll go the other way now. With starting with David. Uh, yeah, I think Josh Richardson. I'm I'm just so excited to see what he can do. I mean, maybe he doesn't take a next step up, but I think the injury is a minor setback, and I'm just I, I I'm very high on him. I think there's a lot of room for growth there as a ball handler, but I think he's shown the the discipline and the willingness to continue growing. He he seems to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I think he's hungry to to kind of prove himself. I think I think you know you know Udonis's speech would probably appeal to a player like that, and and despite making you know uh, coming to America references on Twitter, I think there's a lot of growth there, and I, and I think he's going to take a next step uh, as a player. Well, we keep talking about like that kind of gets me my my mind thinking. We talk about what Winslow can be if he's going to be Kawhi or Draymond Green or Paul George or whatever. You know, we try to make that comparison. What's Josh Richardson's like most ideal comparison Scotty Pippen Scott yeah that's true he loves Scotty Pippen Alf did you say that did I say no I didn't, oh I, I, I was like that's what that was said. David oh David you said Scotty Pippen yeah. Eddie Jones mm-hmm. that's not bad either actually. I kind of like Iguodala could be an Iguodala strong on ball defender could be a facilitator but with a better three point shot more consistent no, okay 
Now, this is a, a thing I have with Josh Richardson. Is he really a good on-ball defender, or is he just really, really active? Because he got beat a lot last year, um, overplaying to one side, overplaying to the right. Someone beats him to the left, overplaying to the left. Someone beats him to the right. This is, I mean, just eyeball tests. He was pretty good against Lowry in the playoffs. He was very good. Yeah. I think eyeball test, he wasn't as good as Winslow. But those, what you're talking about, are the common mistakes from young players that they they are too aggressive he did go for steals a little too i think he's i think he's very active and i love that about him i think he has a it's almost chalmers-esque with his defense where there's a uh there's a a risk reward to what he does and i like his defense but that when i look at instinctual defenders winslow and tj are better defenders than Jay Rich. But I think Jay Rich looks like a better defender sometimes mm. just because of how active he is. But I don't see him as a really, really good on-ball defender. He made the all-defensive dis- team for the SEC. So yeah, I, I, I disagree with you, Alf. Um, I, I think I think his size has a lot to do with it, too. And I think yeah. he's allowed some more risks because he's a bigger guy and he has this ridiculous wingspan. I, I think on ball, he made some mistakes, but I think that's a common young player thing. But uh, he did a really good he does great in the pick and roll uh he could trap he, he could shade the man like he's he's a really smart defender maybe not the best on man defender because he does go for steals too much and he is a little aggressive but i think he's really good in the pick and roll and i think he's well that that's what i'm saying he's active and he wants to sometimes the want of playing defense is is just as big as the instinct but instinctually i think he makes a lot of mistakes where like i watch justice play and he's always in the right position yeah, but just he'll get is so ready though like yeah but but look at tj watch tj play defense yeah he, but tj's not as good as pick and roll defender as jay rich is like jay rich because he's not as long he's oh, not as long. no it, it, the jay rich thing is he knows exactly when when to have the double he knows when to trap he knows when to soft trap like he's very very like in tune with that i, I don't think i just I don't think anybody's saying he's elite like Justice Winslow or Tony Allen or anybody like that yet. But he's definitely – there's something there for sure that he's going to work some kinks out. He's not perfect. Nobody is. But he'll – let's just keep going though. We know the order now. We know the order by now. Young player you're most excited for. Am I next or is off next? Yeah, you're next. Oh, I'm next. Know the I, now. Then you're next. I would. I, I was gonna go with Jay Rich too, but okay. my difference between me and David is that I think Jay Rich has a higher. I think Jay Rich is gonna end up being the better player than Justice. I thought the biggest hole in his game was in the playoffs when he wasn't. He was really having a problem with double teams and passing over active hands, uh, and I think that's something that he's going to improve on. And I think the handle and that facet of the game because he's a very. I mean, when he drives to the rim, he goes really hard. He's a really really good shooter and the defense uh, as we've all discussed is pretty good and it'll only get better like the things that we're talking about that Alf's saying are things that are very easily improved upon and coached upon and apparently I mean they should the organization has been really high on him that he you know he's very mature and this and that so uh, he seems coachable and he seems like he'll get better and I just think offense I think offensively is where we'll see the biggest the biggest leap because he's he goes to the rim hard he's very aggressive he's such a good shooter and I think that's so important a guy that can defend that could dribble that can pass and that could shoot my turn yep yep uh i would say i will go off the board and i will say what i've been saying jankovic about a year and a half no not stankovic <laughs> i mean jokovic you make that same mistake or do you guys i've been calling him stankovic by accident this whole time I call him no. Djokovic as a joke. Well, they call we a couple guys call him Stankovic as a joke, oh, okay. and then 
<laughs> we did a preview of training camp, and they said someone said preview Stefan Jankovic, and I literally had no idea who that was. Um, was he the guy that didn't have a picture on NBA.com? No, oh, him and Okora White. So I was like, I don't know who they are. So I just used that opportunity to bash Dion Waiters. Anyway, um, my I'm most excited about Willie Reed. I think it's your point. that. Dude, I think he that guy he can play. I he is so a player too. in this league. And what I what I'm most excited about is when Hassan sits. Now he is not the defender, he is not the rim protector of Hassan, but he is active on defense yeah. on both sides of the ball. That guy there will not be a huge drop off when Hassan sits down. Um and that's what I'm I'm so excited to see that guy in a second unit with um, with three guards and Winslow and Willie Reed out there. I mean, I think it's going to be so exciting, so fast-paced. He can finish at the rim. He's explosive. I think we're really, really selling him short. I mean, as far as bigs go, as a backup, so he's going to be one of the best backup centers in the league next year. Do you guys I think, think- – he's- He's better offensively, I think, than Whiteside at this point. Honestly, he's not as good defensively. I would, I would, I would I'm kind of there with you, but he, yeah, you're right. He's not the defender. He uh, Whiteside is, but if you're playing that five guys on a string, super active defense, he he can fit in with Justice, Jay Rich, TJ, those guys. I think it was, I think it'll look really, really good with him on the floor. I studied you- him for a little bit um, after we signed him specifically, and he reminds me a lot of a young Chris. Anderson, but like what Chris Anderson was able to bring to the Heat when he was here, obviously. A lot of backdoor cuts being available for dump offs. He's got like a really good feel for getting open underneath the rim. Yep. So, like when Dragic or Tyler Johnson or Richardson is driving to the rim, he's going to slide in in between the crease of the defense and just be available for the dump off. And I think that's and he be, can fin and he can finish. He can finish he's really proven well. that. You guys, his, his per thirty six minutes numbers last year off mm-hmm. the bench for the Nets. If you look at him and you, gee, you know I'm not a stat guy. I know, but if you look at his per thirty six minutes off the bench for the Nets last year, he was amazing. So I'm. Now I guess he had attitude issues there. I don't think that'll crop up here, but no. I think the guy is amazing. He always I, just wanted to play for the Heat anyway. That's why he had attitude issues. That, I, and I can understand where he's coming from. Um, do you guys? Do you guys think it's odd that they didn't get a veteran presence at center? I know they have Udonis, but they're so thin up front, and they have a lot of really young guys at center. I'm surprised that they didn't get like a guy that could you know be there for Hassan and, and Willie. The money wasn't there. I mean, you look at the contracts that these, like Ian Mihimi and and uh, yeah. and Bismack Biombo, the contracts that those veteran guys were getting. Oh, but just, yeah, even but Dwayne Bis- Dedman, you know, signed Bis- Bismack was going to get paid. Contract. What? And Biombo was going to get paid. I mean, yeah, but yeah, like a lot of the veterans. I don't think anybody projected that kind of money, though, right? Yeah, they never no. had that kind of money. My favorite, like, my favorite player that I'm looking forward to is. We've talked about Winslow and Richardson enough. I'm just going to go with Deion Waiters. I just, I'm, look, yes. I, we've been all about winning for the last it, few years. I'm just excited Deion's, to watch a fun. Does still count as a young player? I'm just, yeah, he's 24. Hey, he's just, yeah, he's 24. Oh, my God. He has a, he has a body of a 40-year-old. <laughs> I am very he's excited for in the best shape of his career. <laughs> I'm, he I, still has a body of a 40-year-old. <laughs> he has a beer gut, dude. He looks like he has like that. He, he, he improved from hey, a 50-year-old body to a 40-year-old body. It doesn't body. matter because you want to know what happens. He hold on, hold on, hold on. Up, sorry, he, 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 I, 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 no one here, no one here has been in the locker room with Deion Waiters but me, and I can tell you, he does not have a beer gut. All right, 
Oh, I'll just no, leave it at that. It look, like James Harden doesn't have a beer gut, but James Harden looks like he has a beer gut. That, that dude's stocky, but he's ripped as hell. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, Dwayne, too, dude. When Dwayne did the body issue, I was like, where did these abs come from? Because you look kind of chunky all the time. No, those it's because they wear on. all that padding. Dude, that, no, was that was painted, painted right? On. Yeah, those were painted on. <laughs> but, David, it's a lot funnier when I just say he looks like a 40-year-old. Yeah, come on. Right. Yeah, you're using humor. facts to get in the way of my jokes. This is radio. Facts? <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's why I'm most excited about Waiters is for all the reasons we didn't just lay out. <laughs> um, all right. The best power forward on the Heat this season will be blank. Do we know can the order now? Can I vote for nobody? <laughs> When it's your turn. It's not your turn yet. Oh, it's not my turn. I thought we were going counterclockwise now. We started with you before, so now we're starting with Alf. I thought we started with David last time. He went Jay Rich for it. He did, yeah. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing then. Ah! Wait, somebody speak up. Carl, go ahead, go ahead, Jay Carl. Am I, still in, power am I still in trouble? No. You're, you're uh, right. Honestly, God, I'm going to get made fun of. I think if Big Boss could stay healthy, clearly the best four on the team. He His defense, I wrote something last year, I don't remember the, the numbers, but he was such a, a really good defender by the numbers, and even if you watch the tape, so active, super good help defender, knew exactly what to do. Like I, I am so high on him. I wish he would shoot a little more, but I think defensively he's so good. And, I mean, he's he can shoot, not great, but, I mean, he's kind of available. So, I'm going to make Bob's. A good choice. I mean, I think we're all hoping that we'll see that that version of him from the. I was just met. Ago. I was met with silence. It was not reassuring. I just think nobody I mean, knows whose turn it is because I screwed this up. But no, no, it's no, no, no. It's Alf now. Then because you went last, so now you got it. You go, yeah. So no, but I, I think the McBob thing is just like I don't. I don't think any of us are high on him at this point and confident that he'll actually be a contributor at this point. I think it's just that's more, why I think it sounds more tempered, more tempered expectations, right? Like we don't want to get our hopes up. I think a lot. And there's no reason really for us to expect anything for a third straight year. Like are we expect him to be hurt for a third straight year. Is that is there a precedent for that? <laughs> He's already hurt. Yeah, the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like a third year, like going for the hat trick. All right, yeah. let's let's keep going. Go. I don't know whose turn it is anymore, though. I say it's going to be either Derek Williams or James Johnson. They can't both have good years because that's just not possible. There's there's rules to this. There's no way James Johnson and Derek Williams could have good years at the same time for the same franchise. So I will pick Derek Williams. And if not, it will be James Johnson. Hmm. But uh, I think one of those guys will be the best power forward for the Heat. And I know a lot of people aren't slotting James Johnson in at the four. But I think with this team, with the way it's set up, with Hassan Whiteside not playing very well next to another big, I think James Johnson and Derek Williams, in the absence of uh, McCurdy, McBob, will be your best option at the four. I'm very high on Derek Williams. I've talked about it a number of times on the Locked on Heat podcast, but if he can develop into Miami Heat's version of Marvin Williams, I think they'll be very, very happy with that. I'm also very high on Marvin Williams. Really? Yeah. I know yeah. he's he's good. I like Marvin. No, I, I agree with Wes there. That is that is the model for what you want Derek Williams to be this year. I think he when he came into the league, he was uh oversized three. The league wasn't ready to play small ball fours. I think the league is going to catch up with Derek Williams. I think Derek Williams is going to benefit from real coaches who exist and do coaching things. <laughs> I think that the opportunity is there for him, and he has proven to be, as the stats show, an above-average shooter from the corners. That's what Marvin Williams does. He's not. He's pretty athletic. Same sort of career track. 
I think I like it. Right, David, good. but what's what's the sample on the shooting? Because I know his overall shooting numbers aren't very good from three. It, is is it like a, a good enough sample? Because I haven't seen the numbers. So yeah, gonna... it's a pretty solid sample. Okay, I don't know. Cool. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I can't. I don't want to. Oh no, no, yeah, no, I, I don't have. It's, it's, it's sizable enough. I mean, it's not Steph Curry samples, but it's sizable oh, enough. Oh, I mean, what is? <laughs> right. All right. Well, well, I, I uh, my my uh, choice for power four is actually Luke Babbitt. I, I want him to be. <laughs> I think I, I want him to be, you know, a major force. I think, like, I think at some point he's going to come off the bench, knock down a couple of three pointers, and, and the Heat fan base in the midst of a losing season is going to fall in love with this kid because he's going to be finally the best shooter on the team. I think realistically, I think he'll, he'll likely to be the the best perimeter shooter that they have. And I think if you look at Miami's history of, of salvaging reclamation projects, I think uh, he's the next in line. I think Spolster is going to be able to coach him up a little bit teach him some defense and he'll, he'll be a serviceable player so I, I like his potential next year his career rate from three is that of ray allen just saying 40 percent look i mean look the pelicans were beat up last year and he wound up getting a, a, a lot of garbage playing time but he made the most of it and that's i mean look i know they were willing to trade him for virtually nothing he didn't have much of a contract he's a hell of a bargain i think he makes the team and i think he'll contribute as a shooter if nothing else i like i think that there's something there i mean obviously his defense is the flaw there right but if you're playing sure. him in between justice winslow Hassan Whiteside, in addition to Josh Richardson on the roster, maybe you could afford to have a be- one below average defender on there. Maybe he works in a lineup that uh, Gorn, maybe Tyler Johnson takes Goran Dragic's spot, and you have if one he makes minus a team, defender. Though. You think oh. I think he's going to make the team? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it before. We think Weber is is by far the most likely player not to be on the roster. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be seasoning up in the D League. All right, I think. Um, I'm going to go – I already said it, but I'm going to go with Derek Williams as well. All right. Will Hassan Whiteside make the All-Star game this year? I think we're starting with G. No, yeah, I'm thinking. Um, okay. In the East? Oh, but they don't have the center spot anymore. So he's going to have to beat out Paul Millsap. Paul George. Paul- LeBron James. Kevin Love. Oh, yeah, you're right. Al Horford. No, I don't think he'll. I think he's Carmelo. Yeah, I mean, there's no chance. He doesn't take Chris Bosch's spot. Oh, I don't know about that because I think he'll. I think he can probably beat out Kevin Love uh, and Al Horford for sure. I don't think that. I think that he'll just he'll just be such a, a no. I think the Celtics fans will, will vote like crazy for him. And he no, still has I, fans I, at Atlanta. I, I don't think he'll be voted in, but I think that like by the by the fans, but the coaches. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if he's if you're gonna go in there for defense, I mean, I don't think the coaches really care about his impact on defense. It's the All Star game. It's not like they're gonna bring him in just to swat a couple of meaningless shots in I the mean, second quarter. The coaches, the coaches vote in Lamarcus Aldridge all the time. Like, <laughs> he's boring. Like, so, he's what, the, so what was your final answer? I missed it. Yes or no? Uh, I'm gonna go yes. All right, and David saying no. No. Alf. I I think so. Um, I think because of his marketability, yeah. um, I think because of his personality, I think uh, without Wade and without um, basically 
without other guys to kind of outshine him. You're saying marketability from the coach's perspective? I don't think they want to coach a guy like Whiteside. Well, no, it's not even. It's about the fact that he's going to put because of his interviews and because he's going to be. I think he's going to be front and center on ESPN all the time, just because just because of his personality. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that's just going to be hard to turn away from. Um, Yeah, I know the front court is loaded, but I just think he's going to be one of those guys that puts himself out there. I think the numbers are going to back him up. So when you look at when it's time to look at it and say, okay, numbers wise and who's the face of the East, I think Hassan's going to be right there. Like as far as centers in the East, the coaches are going to want to put one center on the team. That's right. Um, And and as far as centers in the East, who else over Hassan? Yeah, it's it's so when they implemented this, everybody's a forward rule. Um, there's always been a consistent center on the team, either by the coaches or even the fans. Because, you know, we all watch basketball pretty closely and, and we understand that there's Rizingas. a positionless. Thing. I don't, I don't think, I think the average fan still looks as a center as essential and important. And I think a lot of people, I'm going to go, I think the fans are going to get Whiteside into the All Star game. I think he's Ooh. huge on Snapchat and social media. He's going to be. Oh, God. <laughs> on ESPN. I think the momentum from coming in the top three in Defensive Player of the Year is going to carry forward into this year as, guys, watch this guy, and people are going to watch him. And his block numbers are going to be there. He's going to dunk a lot. He's, he's going to be fun to watch in the All-Star game because he's going to dunk a lot. I think... I. I think he's. I think he. I think. I think everyone's underestimating Hassan Whiteside's notoriety and popularity. Yeah, like he is. Fantasy is going to help too because he's. I mean, he he is becoming a face in this league. Like he really is. Like he is. When when it's when it comes time to vote for the All Star game, maybe he won't be voted in by the fans. But you guys, if you guys don't think coaches are affected by, uh, like who's front and center as far as, I'm I'm not. I'm not saying they play 2K or fantasy. Well, they don't even. Fill out the ballot. They have an assistant coach or an assistant fill out the ballot. They don't deal with that shit. That's what I'm saying. So the, it, it, the more Hassan puts himself puts himself out there, which he is known to do, I think yes, his popularity will get him into the All Star game. And you're right about that fantasy angle, by the way. We had we were talking with Josh Lloyd of uh, he does Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He says Whiteside's going to be a top ten fantasy pick. Like when was the last time a top five pick in fantasy didn't make the All Star game? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm just that's an open question if anybody knows it, but it seems like unlikely. Um. So, um, that's, I got one that's, more, that's a that's a that's a good question. I got one more question, and I don't know where we're starting. I think I'm starting with David now. Um, the top three scores on the Heat this season will be um, Dragic, Whiteside, and I think Winslow by default. To be honest with you. I don't know who's next anymore. I'm, I'm all confused. Winslow, <laughs> Whiteside, Winslow, and whoever they trade Dragish for. <laughs> Ow. What? <laughs> Sticking I'm, to his guns, man. <laughs> Listen, if you read what me and Leif put out there for our preseason preview, we have been spot on so far. So I, we Ow. both said Dragish is going to be traded. Alf, what's the thing I hate the most in radio? What prediction radio? I'm gonna prediction do. It, I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for Wes because Wes is like one of the nicest guys on on the internet. This is not real prediction radio. You're not. Yeah, I'm not asking you it's if he's gonna make the playoffs, dude. Oh, yo, I'm, I'm not participating in, in win total predictions. No, no, um, no. This is just who do you think the top three scores will be? Forty-five wins. <laughs> 
right, all right, all right. <laughs> you got this. Uh, uh, Goran, Goran, Goran for sure. Hassan for sure. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Josh Richardson. That's Ooh. those are my three. I'm, I just because he's gonna hit more threes probably than anybody else on the roster. That you that up. Go up when Goran goes out. Yeah, that that adds up. All right. Does anybody else have anything they want to address before we hang this thing up? No. Um, <laughs> David's done. David's done. I want to make fun of the Dolphins if you're down. What's the score right now? Uh, the Dolphins are losing by, I think, 10 points. But Tannehill continues to almost throw interceptions that Bengals keep dropping. He's fumbled a couple times. It's a disaster. I can't of that, tell him different because the Dolphins are idiots and decide to wear their orange uniforms the day they're wearing the Bengals. There's so much teal in the crowd. Those fans travel so well. Which, by the way, Miami fans, for, for Hurricanes, for Dolphins, and for the Heat, they travel well, man. There are Heat fans everywhere now. What about FIU? Leave, leave us alone, man. <laughs> Haven't we suffered enough? <laughs> Go Knights. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this, nice. this has been fun. Um, so let's just do a quick elevator pitch for the Heat Beat guys. Um, for our listeners who don't listen or are aware of the Miami Heat Beat podcast, let's get your elevator pitch. Why should they listen to you? Uh, well, we have heatbeatmiami.com, which is a website where we put out all sorts of articles. And, and during the season, we're going to have stuff up every day. The podcast is really, uh, as you can see, David and Wes are very, very professional. And as you can probably see, we're very not. So it's kind of an, an antithesis to sports coverage. We like to laugh. We like to argue. We like to just make jokes and call players fat. So if you want a little bit of different kinds of of sports coverage uh you come to us and we also have a lot of data-driven pieces we have a lot of really smart guys on staff that write very well alf uh, as we may laugh a lot he's a terrific columnist uh leif on twitter at lefty leif lucky leif um jack alfonso alfonso who's like we have so many really smart guys that write and numbers oriented and column oriented so please check us out if you want something that's a little different who watch the game really, really closely, I will say, and watch every game. So, yeah, definitely a lot of good work going on there. David, do you want to handle our Locked on Heat elevator pitch? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're a daily podcast, and, you know, we're going to be covering the Heat throughout the season. And if you want to listen to us, uh, you know, after every game, handling recaps, uh, you know, uh, breaking down uh, analysis of everybody. And, you know, uh, obviously we're going to have inside information because we'll be covering the games on a daily basis. So that's that's basically it. And you guys also have Fansider, right? You, so tell, tell us where you read Wes. Where can where can our listeners read you? Oh, that. Ooh, that's the good stuff. Um <laughs> Well, David and I both write for uh, Hardwood Paroxysm, um, fansided.com, and today's fast break. We're writing over there. You can check out allyoucanheat.com, which is the Miami Heat site under the fansided umbrella. We do a lot lot of good writers out there. Alana, you guys. So appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Check them out. Really, really good stuff. I mean, I I feel good about there's a couple teams that like do well with the blogosphere and the podcast area. And like the Timberwolves are a big blog team. The Sacramento Kings tend to be a big blog team. The Cleveland Cavaliers Mm -hmm. are a good blog team. You know, the Toronto Mm -hmm. Raptors and the Miami Heat are definitely in that in that area. There's like teams like the LA Clippers, not a good blog team. Not a good blog team. The Heat are a good blog team. I've been surprised by how popular and successful a lot of fan run things have been like heat beat has been i mean pretty much early on it's i mean the community the internet community around the heat is is incredible like it's a lot of really passionate fans who really care and we want our heat morsels and we'll take it wherever we can so 
you know, thank you for everybody who listens to to us and also, also you know, check Wes out. Yeah, I mean, and David between between Miami Heat beat and and Locked On Heat, it's just so much good Heat information. Like you, you gotta be if if you're a Locked On Heat listener that's tuned in because this is on the Locked On Heat feed, subscribe to Heat Beat. And if you're a Heat Beat listener, please subscribe to Locked On Heat. There's that's what's so awesome about podcasts. You talk about radio earlier. In radio, you're either listening to ESPN or CBS, or you're, you know, it's either Colin Coward or Dan Patrick that you're listening to at whatever time that they're on. With podcasts, you just subscribe to both and you listen to them whenever you feel like it. So I mean, and, and it's so different. Like we right. do such such contrasting shows that if you're in the mood for something more serious and for smarter people, you know, you check down Lockdown Heat. If you want, if you want clowns <laughs> gas bagging, come on. I, I take offense to what you just said. <laughs> come on, dude. I have a lot of good, solid information. I mean, we wanted to yell at each other for 20 minutes, and, and Wes is trying to be professional. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds that we all have here. All right. One love. Thanks, everybody, for joining, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.